I am Pastor Tim, and uh, so excited that you spent uh, some time with us uh, tonight. Uh, there are so many favorites uh, that we have in the Christmas season. I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but one of the favorites that I have uh, since this book came out, the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, if you have children in your family, you need this book. Uh, if you do not have children in your family, you need this book. Uh, this, this tells uh, the story of God in, uh, in such ways that to make it understandable for all of us and very uh, delightful to read. But I want to read uh, for you the story of the kings uh, that we're familiar with in the Christmas story. It's, uh, it, writ- it writes like this. Far away in the east, three clever men saw the very same star, the star that God had put in the sky when Jesus was born. They knew it was a sign. A baby king had been born. They had been waiting for this star. They knew it would come. He's here, they shouted. He's here. And I'm sure if you had been there, you would have heard them laughing and dancing and singing until the sun came up. At dawn, they packed up their camels and wrapped gifts for the baby. They brought their most precious treasures of all, frankincense, gold, and myrrh, special, sparkly, lovely smelling, gleaming things, just right for a king. These wise men, uh, actually, if you had met them, uh, you'd have thought that they were kings by, uh, because they were so rich and clever and, and important looking. They set off. They rode their camels across endless deserts, up steep, steep mountains, down into deep, deep valleys through raging rivers, night and day and day and night for hours that turned into days, that turned into weeks, that turned into months and months until at last they reached Jerusalem. Jerusalem was by far the most important city for miles around, and as anyone can tell you, that's where a palace would be, and kings are born in palaces, so that's where they went. But they were in for a surprise. They went to see King Herod. Surely he'd know where the baby was, but he didn't. In fact, he didn't like the sound of a new king. It made him cross. He didn't want anyone to be king except him. But Herod's advisors told the three wise men what was written in their books, what God had said about the baby king. Go to Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him. Suddenly, the star they had seen in the east started moving again, showing them the way. So the three wise men followed the star out of the big city along the road into the little town of Bethlehem. They followed the star through the streets of Bethlehem out of the nice part of town, through the not-so-nice part of town, into the really not so nice part of town, down a little dirt track until it stopped right over a little house. But wait, it wasn't a palace, and there weren't any guards or servants or flags or red carpets or trumpets or anything. Did they, did they get it wrong? Or was this what God meant? Sure enough, in that little house, there sitting on his mother's knee, they found, they found him, the baby king. The three men knelt before the little king. They took off their rich royal turbans and gleaming golden crowns. They bowed their noble heads to the ground and gave him their sparkling treasures. The journey that had begun so many centuries before had led these three wise men here to a little town, to a little house, to a little child, to the king God had promised David all those years before. But this child was a new kind of king. Though he was the prince of heaven, he had become poor. Though he was the mighty God, 
He had become a helpless baby. This king hadn't come to be the boss. He had come to be the servant. Well, as I said, there's many favorite things about Christmas. And uh, especially when it comes to the the story of Jesus, uh, there are several stories. Uh, This is one of my favorites, the story of the shepherds, of course, Mary and Joseph, and uh, John the Baptist and Elizabeth and all of those stories. And then we celebrate the holidays and, you know, the the secular things of Christmas, uh, their favorites too. You know, uh, I, I don't know what's your favorite, the trees or the lights or the music or what have you, Uh, but uh, one of the most favorites of mine is nativity sets. Uh, We've got one here uh, on on display. Uh, Those of you in the back probably can't see it very well, but actually you don't need to see it because you already know what's in it, right? Uh, We're we're very uh, familiar uh, with this. My kids, when they were young, used to, they loved playing with the nativity set you know, moving the characters around and telling the story over and over and over again. You see them everywhere. And they come in all shapes and sizes and styles. But here's what you need to know about almost every nativity set that you see. They're all wrong. I, I don't want to spoil your Christmas or mess with your mind. But, but here's, here's the deal, friends. Uh, It probably wasn't an outdoor shed like the nativity set shows. It wasn't a clean, cozy, comfortable place. I've I've been in livestock barns, uh, and that's pretty much what it was. That's no place for a baby. And there were not any wise men, and there was no star. That came as much as two years after Jesus was born. But we put them in the nativity set because we want to summarize the story. Now, these three wise men, we actually know very little about them, where they were from, how far they actually traveled. Or we assume there was three of them, but we, the Bible doesn't tell us that. We know there was more than one. And then what about the star? We love stars, right? Uh, kids, you have uh, two of these in your bag, uh, and you can pull those out of your bag right now. You can actually uh, start making a star. This is the one that I worked on all afternoon That's all we got. My mother did not help me, I, I, and it shows. Um, but anyway, you can start making your own star while I'm talking, and the uh, parents can watch you and get distracted. So uh, there you go. Kids love stars. We love stars. That's one, uh, so much of Christmas um, is illustrated by the night sky, right? And we just sang about it tonight. Oh, glorious night. Oh, holy, silent you know, uh, what, what parent of an infant ever had a silent night? But we, we, we sing about that, right? Uh, we, we assume Jesus was born at night uh, because of the things that we read about in the, in the Christmas story. But what we know for sure uh, is that God used the night sky to draw a group of men to the newborn king. He used a star. Now, we don't, we don't know what the what this star was particularly. Was it, was it a comet or was it a supernova? Was it more than one star? Was it a cluster of stars that we see in the night sky that looked like one star? Whatever it was, the mystery of God's purpose was revealed in a star. A lot of us are fascinated by stars. We love sitting under the stars. We love uh, pointing out the constellation of the stars. We love looking at the stars through telescopes. Actually, I think we should probably be more fascinated than we are about stars. I'm going to put this on the screen. 
And I want you to answer this question uh, by your applause. How many stars are there in the night sky? 100 billion, 200 to 400 billion, or 76 trillion? Uh, yes, I'm not even sure I can say sextillion in church. But uh, anyway, your applause. How many of you think 100 billion stars are in the, in the, in the universe? 200 to 400 billion. Okay. 70 sextillion. Okay, all the smart people came at 7 o'clock. Here's a study from the University of Hawaii suggests that for every grain of sand on the earth, there are 10,000 stars in the sky. One billion? Friends, that's just how many galaxies are in the universe. 200 to 400 billion? That's how many stars are in our own little neighborhood called the Milky Way galaxy. In 70 sextillion? Well, that's what the University of Hawaii, uh, and what else is there to do in Hawaii besides count stars, you know? Uh, they actually suggest that there, are, there could be three times that many stars in the sky. One expert claims that if we were to count every star in our own galaxy using one second per star, it would take us 2,500 years to count them all. Now, I'm not telling you this uh, so that you'll feel small uh, compared to the universe. I'm telling you, you are small. <laughs> and our God is very big, much bigger than we realize. And just as a bonus, because I know you guys are so smart, what's the, what's the nearest star to this planet? Anybody know? Oh, know. Just shout it out. Do you know? It's the sun. That's right, 93 million miles away, and get this, our own sun, our own star, uh, is classified as a G2 yellow dwarf, isn't that sad? <laughs> classified as a yellow dwarf star, now it doesn't seem dwarfy to me, I, I mean, I've been burnt by it, uh, I've gone blind by looking at it, um, but compared to the rest of the universe, not that special. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty, bright. We are starstruck by the mystery and the majesty of stars. Is that why God used a star to draw these wise men to Israel? Not sure, but what we do know is that God used this star, as, as he does all the stars, to, de to declare his glory Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Every day the stars broadcast the testimony of God's infinite greatness. And to these wise men, the message was clear. The stars, the star, the heavens are declaring the arrival of a king. Friends, you don't need the Bible to tell you that God exists. You need only to look into the night sky. And it's very clear that there is a God in the universe who not only created the stars, but created you. Now, not only does the God use the stars to declare his glory, but he also used this star to display his guidance. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. Out of, the sex, out of the 70 sextillion stars in the sky, God chose one. I mean, he, used, he picked out one, and he put that star 
specifically in the place of these wise men to light their way to the king. Now, I want to stop here for just a second and ask you a question. Where are you on your spiritual journey? When you think about what God has done in your life and where God has brought you to this point, I believe that none of us are here by accident on this planet, just as I believe no one's here by accident in this service. I think God uses everything to draw us uh, to him. But for a lot of us, when you think back to where you were before you met Jesus, you can pinpoint that particular event or that particular person, let's name it a star, that influenced you on your spiritual faith journey. For some of you, you know exactly where you were and who influenced you to cross the line of faith. For others of you, it was more of a process. You know, it's kind of a culminate, maybe a cluster of stars, uh, if you will, that helped you move along spiritually. And then there are those in this room. Not, not quite sure I, I'm not quite sure I've even started my faith journey. But friends, God has all of us on a journey. And he's using everything in your life, every event, we'll call him a star event tonight, to reveal himself to you and to draw you closer uh, to him. And Dante's poem, The Divine Comedy, says, uh, he describes God as the love that moves the stars. Friends, this may be the most important thing that I say tonight. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to be known by you. And he will do everything that he can. He will use every star event in your life to get your attention. And those of us who have been on this spiritual journey for a long time, you can pinpoint those star events in your life. Maybe it was, maybe it was the birth of your own child. Maybe it was a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was just a moment in your life where you stared out into the universe contemplating your own existence, the, the purpose and the destiny of your life. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know this, that God desires to be known, and he will do everything in your life to get your attention and to draw you closer to him. God uses the, these events as, as, a, as a point of guidance in your life. My prayer for all of us through this Christmas season is that we would ask God to reveal himself in ways that we've not known him before that we've not seen him before, and especially those of you who are at the beginning or maybe have not even started, friends, you can pray that prayer right now, right wherever you are, anytime, place. you can pray that prayer right in this service. God, reveal yourself to me, and God has promised that if you seek him, he will be found because he desires to be known. Star of wonder, star of night, guide us to thy perfect light. The stars declare his glory, they display his guidance, they demonstrate, friends, his gift. 33 years later, after this star came in the sky, uh, the baby that that star pointed to would make this claim for himself. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 2,000 years ago, a star in the sky was an unexpected event to an unexpected people. And 33 years later, a cross on a hill would be an unexpected event to an unexpected people. And so that's what Christmas is all about, friends. The Lamb of God before the foundation of the world 
destined to die for your sins and mine. Now, compared to the stars, you are small. But God is big. He's bigger than your doubts and fears. He's bigger than your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. He's bigger than your, 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 biggest, your deepest regrets and your most shameful failures. And he loves you. Christmas proves that. That he came here to be with you. He came here to be for you. And he came here to take you back with him. He is our star. He is the light of the world. And he wants to be the light of your world. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for this season. And for what this season tells us. And so, Father, we are grateful for the story that you've recorded for us. We're grateful for the stories of the shepherds and the wise men and all those who were affected in that first century being drawn to you by the star events you placed in their lives. And I pray for everyone in this room, Father, that we would be attentive, that we would be receptive to the stars that you place on our lives to reveal yourself to us and to draw us back to you. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.